Namaste. Good morning. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, so uh, you you mentioned something about today, but we don't know how it will. <laughs> we don't know, but um, I just felt we had to schedule anything for this morning and I felt I just wanted to come and just to, uh, to be here with you. Actually, I was happy to be down on the floor there, but then uh, they say at the back they won't be able to see uh, if these things matter at all. But <clears throat> so I find my ear is still blocked, <laughs> eyes are puffy, Still not enough sleep. The perfect way to meet my Sangha. <laughs> and I saw the others outside, some people. I was asking, would you like to come inside? And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know how it goes. But, uh, for me, this uh, this desire arose that just to be together, I can have a chance to just be with you in presence, or in consciously, uh, because something also can happen whereby um, people just uh, are uh, the mind itself also is pushing up questions, and because you, the consciousness, identify with this person, think, oh, I better get my chance in now to you know. To whatever, and um, sometimes we can be too still up in the attic, you know, just on the surface. And I feel no, no higher. We are, we are just here, and um, yeah, as if I were just in my hut. Sometimes, some of the groups come, we sit together. And we may have a cup of tea or something. I don't think we're going to have a cup of tea today. <laughs> and uh, we find this time deeply valuable. Some things just collapse or just drop into place. You have to know also this. It is not just about question, answer, question, answers, but to feel. Uh, that um, that which you are is felt, but it's not a duality. Sitting inside your own stillness, inseparable, you see, and uh, nothing artificial about that. We are not saying, "Oh, now you want you to do like this." I'm just here, and uh, <clears throat> having a break. Take and rest. I thought actually maybe yes. I'll just sit here and make you suffer a little bit. <laughs> Am I an object of your attention?
one time we made one. Um, I, I saw it posted. Huh? It was put up. And I was saying, uh, the one looking at, at me is the one I am looking. The one who is looking here, with the impression they are looking at me, I am that one looking. Some things uh, we see, and they remain objects of our attention. And in some rare cases, when we see, they throw you back in the subject of your own being. What is the difference? Some things we look at and they remain as an object of your perception, you see. But some things, in some moments, a seeing returns you to yourself. And I remember now as I'm speaking one time. We were <clears throat> on production around Arunachala, and many. I think there was like two million people walking around the mountain. And so the normal route is clockwise, going around. Many of us started from Ramanashram, walking around Arunachala. But for some reason, I was walking from Ramanashram, walking up, and there was a big wave coming the other way, people coming the other way, and it's pitch dark, you know. And so it's just like a sea of, of just like shadows moving in this, this space and the roads. And out of this shadow, some eyes just flushed somehow out of this eye. There was no one to recognize at all, but it was my experience. I looked and there was I just saw just maybe for two seconds, just like this, and I say, I felt yeah, it is here, you know. But the river flowed on, and who is this one moving in the in that sea of human beings, but. These eyes were uh, the whole universe is in inside. And I shared also one time that uh, uh, I was riding my bicycle in Brixton. This I've told many times. It's still very, very vivid in my mind. I was riding my bicycle down. Um, Atlantic Road in Brixton, right in the center of my uh, town, a very busy town. And I was coming down, I saw one figure walking. The figure might have been, say, maybe uh, 30 meters away coming up, but it was very noticeable in a big uh, uh, coat in the summer also, walking like this. So I noticed him on a bicycle. The guy walking up and stopping every moment, bending down, getting up, walking along, and I uh, was coming up for some reason. Noticed him, 
And uh, so I slowed down to stop because it was so fascinating to see this character coming up. And he was mumbling something as he was coming close. I could just hear him mumbling. The words I heard, you know, he was just mumbling. What he was actually doing, he was finding bits of spent cigarettes. People that didn't finish cigarette flick it or something. He was finding them, picking them up and lighting the last, getting the last few pulls out of them. Light them. And looking well like this. It's coming up. He's muttering something. And I heard those words. He say, I am so worthless, nobody wants me. Not even the devil wants me. It was so powerful, powerful. I have never heard anybody speak like that. As if nobody wants you, surely the devil wants you. How useless can you be that even the devil don't have you? So, in even such words that seem like they're the end of the last words of depression, you think. And yet, something was so powerful about them because he emitted in his presence no sorrow, no. It was like, uh, like the words were for me. He didn't notice me, I'm sure. He just carried on looking. Walking. I am so worthless, nobody wants me. Not even the devil wants me. No sadness, no sorrow, no depression. And I felt those words came from the Havadut. Because so such power and such silence were in them. That they came out of emptiness. Sometimes some beings, they may say or do say, out of total emptiness it comes. They're not identified with those words. They mean nothing for them. Maybe no words mean anything for them. But it might mean something for you. Are you relaxed or tensed? Tense. I can't hear you anyway. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. You know? Out here. <laughs> yes, yes. Can I read you something? I give you a choice. <laughs> I have some song of Havadut. I have something of the 
Yes, Tavaka, Ribugita. Avaduta. Avaduta. Now, I, in the time I went to India for the first time, I was not reading any of these books. In fact, even to this day, I don't read much. Read a little bit and put it down. Um, but it so turned out that it was coming. It was Christmas in Lucknow, and all the sangha that were there at this time, we gathered around, much like we are now, and we were told each person, you, if you can, you buy or make a present, but don't have anybody in mind, because you're not going to give it to somebody that you think, oh, I'll give it to you. You make presents, and then we'll put it in a bag, and then whoever gets it gets it. So everybody, some went out and bought CDs, some made little things, stone paintings, like this. So on the day of the Christmas day, um, uh, yes, the, some some of us came up to hand out. There were like three big. Asian bugs, and we're handing out you know, people coming up. So I was one of them, handing out from the bag. Okay, come, come. People come. Yeah, yes, and take and all different shapes and sizes of uh, presents. So we are handing out, going, going, going. People come in. Very, very spontaneous. Very fluid thing going. So I picked up this one package. Nobody wanted. <laughs> it was clearest book. <laughs> Surprise me! Come on. So, uh, 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 so like this, I was whoa, whoa, what happened? Okay, all right, go on. Put, 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 put like that. And I said, okay, this one is for me. So this, I took it. I look at it. Avaduta Gita. That is the first time I heard of it. No? The Avaduta Gita, and uh, not this particular um, translation. I still have the original one. There. Now it's in all in bits of bit of falling apart, but this one I came to find it. I wish I had thought of this now before coming. Never mind. That version is very nice, but uh, mm, you tell me stop, okay? Stop. This one. Yes. <laughs> it says. <clears throat> Uh, all infinite space is pervaded by the Self, but nothing else pervades the Self. It is simultaneously within and without. It cannot be limited or divided in parts. I'm going to take this one with you. Hmm? All infinite space. Can you conceive infinite space? Infinite space without end, meaning that if you were to go in any direction, can you come to the end of space? And then what lies beyond? Where will you come if you come to the end of space? Will you come to a wall? And then it says, End of space. <laughs> What's behind the wall? <laughs> no more space. No. So, infinite space, if you can imagine. No? So, all infinite space is pervaded by the Self. 
all infinite space. We perceive space, but not uh, directly now. You can perceive nothing without space. Everything we see appears in space. You look, but the space we are not aware of. The space is infinite. The thing we, we look at is finite. We are attached to perceiving the finite. The infinite they don't, we don't see. Even if you go into a room also, we go into a room, and it's uh, no windows. They tell, come in, close the door, and then you say, "I can't see." But you can see. But you say, "I can't see. I, mean, I cannot see anything." But you can see darkness. But it doesn't count because you're looking for objects. You say, "I can't see." Ah, I say, "Yeah, but uh, at least you know there's nothing to see. But you see darkness." But it doesn't count. We look and we see looking for something. The mind is hunting for something. But space it won't report about. It's looking for the finite inside the infinite. Looking. Then it says, I see nothing. So it says, all infinite space. We are aware of space. We are aware of space. Or maybe we are not aware that we are aware of space. To move means space. So it says, all infinite space is pervaded by the self. What could that be that can pervade space? Space, even we are not so conscious of. We move in it. Somehow we say like that, we are moving as objects in space, but we, we don't regard it much. All infinite space is pervaded by the self, but nothing else pervades the self. What can the self be? Even space we don't see, but that which makes space space we don't see. That which pervades the space we don't see. The space we don't see. Objects appearing in the space we see, but the space we don't notice. Nothing else pervades the self. It is simultaneously within and without. It is simultaneously within and without, inside or outside. It is there. What is that which is able to perceive inside and outside simultaneously? Where is that? Inside or outside? What could it be that is aware of inside and outside simultaneously? Where is it placed? Beyond inside and outside is where? It cannot be limited or divided in parts. It implies something, something nothing, that which exists. It cannot be limited, it is unlimited. It cannot be divided in parts. Nothing can cut it, nothing can change it. Just like you, from out of space, we put some walls and more walls, and we make some shapes, and we say, This is this dining room, this is kitchen, this will be bedroom, this will be bathroom. 
The space doesn't know this is bathroom space. It doesn't know, oh, this is bedroom space. Nobody's allowed to come in here except who I want. This is kitchen space. Don't mix the bathroom space with kitchen space. But the space doesn't know anything. We cannot take a bit of bathroom space into the kitchen, grab a bit of kitchen space, let this one go on. It doesn't work. It does nothing to space. It remains always all-pervading, always all-pervading, and yet something pervades space, meaning it is there in space, and space is in it. It is inside the space, and the space is also inside it. It is extremely subtle and cannot be seen. It is extremely subtle and cannot be seen. How will we know? I can even have it. Can it be smelt then? Can it be tasted? Can it be touched? Can it be felt? Can it be heard? The senses cannot conquer him. The senses cannot catch it. Before senses. Huh? Can the mind even grasp him, you see? So if the senses cannot touch it, cannot conquer it, the mind cannot conquer it, mind cannot know him, then who can know him? From what standpoint is the one from whom these words now come to us? Who knows this thing? Who knows that it is extremely subtle and cannot be seen? Who knows it cannot be seen? It is, yeah, it is extremely subtle and cannot be seen. It is primary to all qualities. Before qualities appear, it is there. This is what the yogis say. It is the state that underlies all other temporary states of the mind. So every state that come and go, it is the substratum you know, of all states. It cannot even be related to or referred to as a state. You may at best say it is a stateless state. All states change. They come and go. They alternate. But this one does not alternate, it does not change. Therefore, it cannot be a state. Unless something changes, you cannot see it, you cannot perceive it. It remains unaffected, though it takes the form of earth, air, water, fire. So even though it appears 
in the form of the elements, the water, fire, earth, air, you say ether, space also. Hmm. Though it takes all these forms, it remains always the same. So it is the same in water, it is the same one in fire, it is the same one in earth, it is the same one in air, it is the same one in space. Who can perceive him? By what can it be perceived? And yet, by the uttering of these words, indicate that it is known. By what can it be known? It is not an object, though because it is, it causes objects to appear. The mind tries to grasp it, but it would also perceive the mind trying to grasp it. It causes mind to appear and give mind the urge to seek it also and watch the mind trying to seek it also. But who knows this? Who knows this uh, is at the end of search. Where is the understanding that takes place as a result of your hearing of this? If understanding happens, there is also awareness of understanding. If misunderstanding is the outcome, there is awareness of misunderstanding. Mother, father, daughter, or son ever belonged to me. Neither birth, death, nor the mind ever belonged to me. I am always unwavering, always steady. I am the absolute reality. I am nectarian knowledge, unchanging bliss. I am everywhere, like space. Who speaks these words? No? no mother, nor father, daughter, or son ever belonged to me. Just like someone call you daughter, one call you auntie, one call you cousin, one call you mother, one call you friend, one call you niece or nephew or husband or or wife. And to all these roles, something responds spontaneously and appropriately. No? Yet there is a deeper knowing that knows, I am none of these things. There is a place in you that is not uncle, but what is uncle? Understanding of what the term refers to and the relating to, yet it is deeper than that. He is the unformed one. Everything that comes, every role, every shape, 
they come and go. Even the various shapes of personality in the same body come and go. It knows I am not these also. It watches the senses. It can say, ah, my memory used to be so very good. I could remember all the names of everyone here in hearing them once. Now I cannot remember even my own birthday, I don't know. You see? So it is aware of that. Now the memory has uh, it has subsided now. It's only like maybe forty percent of what it used to be. What watches this also? What watches even memory? My my hearing. Huh? It has uh, somehow it used to be two days ago, one hundred percent. Now it is uh, uh, maybe I'd say maybe say sixty percent, sixty-two. Uh, what is able to even uh, evaluate the memory? My sight, eyesight used to be so, whoa, 2020. And now uh, I, I could before look and uh, notice the license plate of a car from, you know, uh, 100 meters, I could tell you. Now I can hardly see, what is, is that a man or a woman there? I don't know. <laughs> So even sight and the deficiency or the efficiency of sight, it sees. Yes. But not through eyes made of flesh or farm, he knows. He perceives. Neither birth or death nor the mind ever belong to me. I perceive them. They come and go like clouds come and go. I pervade them also. I am always unwavering, always steady. I am the absolute reality. I do not fluctuate. I am never fragmented. I am always the same. I am the absolute reality. I am nectarian knowledge, unchanging bliss. I am everywhere, like space. Yet who can see me? I am everywhere, like space. My nature is boundless, beyond such distinctions as pure and impure, even. My nature is boundless, beyond such distinctions as pure or impure. Even to refer to me, he's saying, as even pure, I am beyond all the, the pairs of opposites. I am not the one referred to true duality. I am beyond all the peers of opposites. I am neither impure nor am I pure. 
My nature is boundless, beyond such distinctions as attached or unattached. We cannot say, Oh, the Self is not attached to or attached to. No, in his voice he is speaking now. And I want to tell you something that uh, the sages they um, they sometimes may say things that you know seem to contradict each other in some way. Even themselves. One moment say like this, uh, but you cannot pin it down. You cannot pin any word down. Spontaneous utterances, just outpourings from that place. Yet he's saying also, I say what this thing today and tomorrow I say that thing and I'm right always. But uh, the context in which we hear, because the mind wants to hold something and say, yes, this is it, we got it. But this bird flies away from every cage. He's saying, don't try to catch me in just words. Yes. Find me in the breath of the words even. And yet the words are there to, to give you a sense, uh, to not fix me. I am everywhere. I am this. Next minute I say, you will say also, mm, I am the person and I am the absolute. What can you make of that? I am life and I am death. What can you make of that? I am above and I am below. And yet I'm neither of these and I'm beyond. So he's training your mind to do what? To not hold on to. And by not hold on to, it becomes everywhere also. Mind wants something to be finite, to say, yeah, got you now. We can drive from this place. But then he flicks the thought away also. Not even that. So something in the mind wants to capture him. But he says, the only way you can know me is when you, the knower of me, is not. When the knower of me is not, then I am me. That knower and me are one. All these things. But can you take him? Can you hear Avadur? You see? Don't cling. Don't cling. You see? It's like you, you don't go uh, to, to try and understand what a waterfall is, you know, to study the water and the, the, the velocity and you know, the, the, all these things. No, stand under it. Take him. Be with him, you see. So he's saying, just let, let, uh, let my words um, find you. They find your place. And yet you may not be able to to you will not catch me by reciting my words. But you will so much see that which cannot be seen, fall in love and become the beloved itself. All this this is a mystery nobody can figure out. But if you use the cerebral uh, faculties, only child, well, what did he mean when he said this? But how could he say this? Then you remain outside almost. Can I read a little bit more or not? Yes. Or, or you want to give up because I said that? Um, my nature is boundless beyond such distinctions as divided or undivided. What he's saying is don't try and catch 
through the interrelated opposites. You know, some people might say yes. You know, uh, he's uh, cannot be divided, but he says he cannot be. He's also undivided. Uh, divided means nothing. I'm beyond all of them. He said, "Oh wow!" He said. Then again, from the mind, if we are lost, we don't understand, which uh, which is good. There is an understanding beyond the understanding of the mind. It becomes spirit. It doesn't work in the same way that you you study something and you think you grasp it. You see, here, my nature is boundless beyond such distinctions as divided or undivided. Yet he reminds I'm nectarian knowledge, unchanging bliss. I am everywhere, like space. While we have the strong conviction we are the body and the body mind, these words they feel I cannot quite relate to them, because I'm here. I'm sitting on this pink cushion. You're not on the blue one. They're definitely not everywhere, like space. If I want to go there, I have to travel over there. So your reality remains only like uh, something tangible, measurable to the mind. See? Because the uh, mind becomes like an instrument for interpreting and also to, to measure a uh, variety and to compare and so on. So without that, he's lost, you see, he has to have something. So it's always almost that's where the objective knowledge sense comes. How could the god Brahma and all his attendants live there? How could the city of heaven with all its people live there? My only form is stainless. Is my only form is stainlessness. I am the absolute reality. I am nectarian knowledge and changing bliss. I am everywhere like space. The words are performing a kind of taxidermy on you. He's scooping you out all your collection and replacing you with emptiness. You cannot teach this thing. Maybe it's transmitted into your being. Breaking up your rigidity, you want to take a shape, you want to represent an idea or something, but he's beyond all ideas. He's before ideas. He is not the creation of any concept. Concepts he creates, and knows that altogether they by themselves cannot reach me. I only use them as clues. Is there anywhere in you where these words are ringing true? Is it? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <coughs> upside down now, which one? Are <laughs> I can't read upside down. <laughs> In many eloquent ways, the scriptures have said, 
this observable world is like a desert mirage. If there's, o- if there's only the limitless one, all is a Shiva. How then and to what could the self be compared? In the Supreme there is neither division nor non-division. In the Supreme there is neither activity nor inactivity. If there is only the limitless one, all is this Shiva. What then is the need of austerities and rites? If you notice, the one mind is infinite, it pervades everything. In the Supreme there is neither without nor within. The one mind is indeed limitless. All is Shiva. How then could Shiva be divided into thoughts or in speech? There is no distinction between day and night. There is no distinction between dawn and dusk. If there is only the limitless one, all is Shiva. What is the difference if the, if the sun or the moon shines for this one? This is not knowledge you can collect. It is like a mirror, like the mirror of God. You are listening and looking and everything is disappearing and yet you are fulfilled. You are fulfilled without form. So how are you full and filled? Hmm? You are filled with your own joy, with your own bliss you are filled. And it is not personal. It is not personal. What can you tell your friends who said, you know, what did you hear in satsang today? What did you learn? What did you learn today? I am beyond existence or non-existence. What? Get out of here! So better you don't say anything. You are more true when you say nothing at all, but not only you don't say anything, nothing at all, you don't think at all also. If you are not thinking or you are not speaking, then spontaneously something is being revealed in you, if you give it a chance, in your waking state. You cannot do it in your deep sleep, but in the waking state, normally, we are in some kind of gear. First gear, second gear, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, reverse or something. Who is in neutral? And even more, who is in neutral even in the moving car? This is the, this is the secret, you see. If you are loving this, eh? if you are loving this, not just mystified, oh my God, <coughs> eh? but somehow mm, it is relevant for you. It is connecting somehow, lights on. You see, then it is because it is corresponding to itself in you. 
Consciousness loves to be, loves the company of consciousness. So you better not talk about these things. <laughs> And gradually you'll find spontaneously in your conversations everything is appropriate, even without knowing the background of the one you are speaking with. Spontaneously. Hmm. The intelligence of the Lord of the universe knows the combination of every heart he's speaking with. You will come to a time when you do not have to prepare for anything. Preparation uh, for life will feel clumsy for you. It will put you out of sync with your natural spontaneity, which at present we don't trust, you see. But the more you are relating to and feeling the intuitiveness, uh, the spontaneity within, the naturalness of being, that it is not planning. It's unfolding, then you'll find that this confidence comes, this trust comes spontaneously in you, and uh, the fear uh, which causes us to be the needing to control things, control so much, that will relax, and you'll find uh, somehow you're more at one with the unfolding of all things. Your way of perceiving will be different, more kind, more open, less afraid. When there is no fear, then love will pour out from you. Openness and receptivity, true compassion will flow. The need for hierarchies will subside. Yesterday we were sitting together, and a group was just in the, the tea room with me, moving about and so on, it occurred to me how totally relaxed and safe people are in this you know, uh, space, where love is your climate, and uh, respect for each other, and like this moving. No? And uh, I know places where this is not so. Same number of people in the same space, and there's a attention is there. A little thing, and things can erupt and cause a different outcome. Then you see what is possible. That it is possible that when we are, hmm, our minds are established in the hearts, in the heart field, how beautiful a life can be. And when it is uh, in a place of disharmony, how ugly it can become. That potential is dormant, is there inside us, no? and yet in this world, somehow, as long as identity is there, we need uh, somehow both. The tensions help you to to dive more deeply, to stabilize in a place that is more will feel more safe, more true, more stable. You see, uh, if things are just nice at a level and you have not grown to that maturity, uh, then you go to sleep. 
It is not that things need to be nice, but natural. In a natural state, things come and go. And there is a natural equanimity that is not governed by any human agency. It is very much the fragrance of the of uh, consciousness in its dynamic expression like that. I don't want to lapse into talking about these things too much. We are good. Yes. Okay. Yes, but. Uh, Can I sit there? Okay, come for a moment. Guruji, also, I feel to use this moment as the all Sangha from whole world are here. Have a prayer for your well-being, as you give us so much, Guruji. This is the the smallest appreciation that we can <coughs> give it to you. Yes. And I feel this also goes to the Sangha around the world that every time every time we gather with each other, just put a moment, maybe after the satsang, just have a prayer for our beloved Master, for His well-being, that it's, He give us so much, and this is the, yeah. this is the things mm. that we can bring it in our heart to the world mm. in this way. But you must also remember, I am the most well-being. Yes. <laughs> Because uh, it's important, no, that you. Um, yes, I, of course, you make prayers for my. I know your care for me so much and so on, and uh, and I, of course I accept your well wishes and blessing and so on. Um, uh, but uh, also, uh, he keeps this body going. I think if it were uh, to live in my natural. Um, the span of life, perhaps I would not be here. It keeps this body going, no? but it cannot just be, you know, because when uh, <clears throat> someone once said to me, you know, like you know, Guruji, yeah, we want you to to just live long, long, long uh, like this. I said to what to watch you being so comfortable, taking your time to wake up. <laughs> Long laughs, the way now I go. Because they say like this now, and you say, Oh, you know, Guruji, you're so patient, and we are struggling to take our time, and so patient. How come you're so patient? I said, I'm not patient, I'm just not waiting. Meaning, not waiting, don't waiting, waiting, waiting. I've told you now it must detonate, it must germinate in your heart, and it will. It will bring about its own uh, conviction in you, like that. That yes, for my well-being. Sometimes you focus too much on my well-being. I get the impression I'm sick all the time. <laughs> 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 
I feel so good. <laughs> People tell you, oh, good, it's red. But I feel really good. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but I accept your, your blessings, prayers, of course, you know, and we know they work also. I have to cooperate with them a little bit. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. In everything that comes to you, you must be wise enough to use it and to see the deeper gifts in them. Even they, they may shake your house. You must see, you have now, it has been opened up in you, the ability, the discernment, the wisdom to find what, what is the deeper significance, the hidden vitamins in them. To look and reflect. Sometimes some things uh, may really feel that they strip you down to the chassis of your being, and something inside rise up and say, "Thank you for that." You see, <clears throat> there is hardly anything. Don't regard anything as a curse. You, you, when you know who you are, nothing, nothing can uh, hurt you. When you realize who you are, nothing can hurt that. You see, nothing can possess you when you are aware of who you are. Nothing can harm you when you are aware of who you are. Yes, some ripples may happen on the surface of your being, in the realm of the body-mind. We may feel things, but even there, you know, you learn, you want, you, you, you witness. Even people who intend to harm you, as I've said, the wise person. Uh, builds a house out of the stones that his enemies throw at him, and lives happily in it. Such is the one. You discover how amazing is the power and the presence of God in you. That each thing that you see, sometimes you grow much more powerfully from the un- seemingly unpleasant experiences than from the honey-flavoured experiences. That just makes you weak and dependent and tired and sleepy. No, you things happen and they create even sickness at a deeper level is great healing you can bring out of it. You see? But out of our compassion, we some pray, please, uh, may you be well and so on. But while we are praying for the physical well-being of each other, we pray also for their their spiritual well-being, for their mental, emotional well-being. For their wisdom expanding, that they grow and they benefit from their illness in ways that you know we cannot imagine. Also. Many of you know this. You've been through sicknesses and so, and see that it was a form of healing, a deep healing happened out of that. So change this also this attitude and see that wait you know, God has sent this also. This can also be a gift, but when it comes time for healing, you know. When something has been learned, then it doesn't need to continue. When you've learned a lesson also, you don't need to have the same experience over and over again. It's like it just evaporates, because you have have used it and got the best out of it. Then it is done, you leave it. We are outgrowing so many things, and you outgrown them, then it's like they stop coming, you see? But if you are not outgrown it, it would feel like those things are still coming at you. There are many bacteria and viruses in the air we move 
in the city, even in the countryside is there. If you are fit and well, you don't notice them. But if you are depleted in your energy and down and so on, they zap you more, no? You see? So your strength comes also from your spirit also. The more, more your mind is empty and uh, clear and full of grace and love, you know, that's a vaccination against a lot of trouble. You know? But this is, these things, we are not told enough of it. That uh, just like if you get a cut on your hand, the body wants to heal it. There's something that wants to put out to restore harmony, to put that at the hand of human uh, beings only, is a, an ignorance. You know. Yes, also God is expresses through through all the different disciplines. Also, is teaching in accordance to the temperament and ways of human beings. He finds a way to find to help them along the way. But it can go from a little bit of help like this. Everyone, even in the, in the darkest place, help will come. But as you uh, open up inside, the, the help can be instantaneous and miraculous immediately also, because your heart is open for that. Something is open for that. You see. <clears throat> so yes, I hear these things. People struggling, but uh, use your struggle. Use your struggle. To transcend. When I say it is as though consciousness creates the sense, creates the sense of a problem in order to have the experience of transcending it also, to exercise its own power like this. Something in us can do this. We learn, even if you intend not to, you may grow without appreciating your growth. Because we are compelled to grow, to evolve. You see? And some people may seem to to change very slowly, you know. And you say, "Why is this person changing so slowly?" You know what? Mind your own business. You don't know what God is doing with them. Okay, like this, and uh, maturing, maturing, maturing. You see, we of course wish, if you are a kind-hearted person, you wish well for everybody, not only the people you know. When you have that universal love in you, then. Uh, Life is showing you her, her finest performance. You see, when you have that heart, that universal heart quality, life is always life is actually uh, shaped to take to care for you and to protect you. The, the nature will protect you. Just like you notice, you go to places and people can. Testify, you know, wow, it is amazing, you know, how much grace uh, came and uh, so many miracles happened. Hmm? Why? They are happening also, but now you are open to them, you are open, you are sensitive enough uh, to not shut down your, your, your potential and to open up, to be experiencing. And it is very contagious within your own self. The more you begin to recognize that it works, it works. The more it's working and working, and it works. The more it's working and working. You, see, you doubt, is, then you know your body language change. You start to go a bit fetus-like. You see, and you you stop radiating that 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 inner light that is your natural. It is your natural perfume, your natural, um, you know, climate and environment. The more you discover the, uh, the truth of yourself and honour it, 
It's like even your very body becomes more translucent. It becomes more. Uh, it's filled with grace. It's, it becomes uh, like light is flowing from it. I just opened this page now. This is from the Ribu Gita, something, and uh, from the sage's uh, heart is pouring out. He is also saying now, "I am consciousness, which is beyond the reach of speech. I am consciousness, which is infinite as space. I am consciousness without any interactions. I am consciousness." Which is defectless and perfectly full. I am the supreme of the nature of all pervasive consciousness. Thus, be ever of the certitude that this is you. I am consciousness, which is eternal peace. I am consciousness, devoid of anything moving or non moving. I am consciousness. Which is the bondageless nature of the Supreme. I am consciousness which is spread as the Supreme. I am consciousness which is beyond all thought and such. I am consciousness without any world or individual. I am the Supreme of the nature of the blameless consciousness. Thus be ever of this certitude that it is you. The Supreme Brahman is ever the reality. This Brahman can never be unreal. Whoever has the steadfast conviction that I am the Supreme within the heart, you say, which is ever the reality, this one will become the reality. Whoever does not have such conviction that it is the reality will remain in the state of the unreal, indeed. My dear one, be in agreement with this certitude, that which I am is ever the Supreme. This is the one reality. Your mind doesn't have to be in agreement. Huh? Because for for long you've been given such such uh, importance, uh, no? he's become a bit of a beast. He says stupid things. You see, you must know the difference between yourself and the mind, in whatever stage it may be, you know, because he can also be elevated. He can be elevated through the gunas. He can be a very satric mind also. But still lies within the realm, mostly, of uh, you may say uh, the uh, the manifest uh, self. Uh, visible to you, perceivable by you. Whatever is perceivable, yeah, know it to be traffic. It's clouds passing. When we know like this, confusion will leave you. Peace will remain undisturbed in you. The joy will remain 
unpollutable in you. The truth will remain firm in you. Uh, I give simple directions because that is all you need. We don't need to know so, so many things because then it turns into a kind of knowledge and the mind claims it. It will not help. Know only sufficiently to, to cross, to go through this door of nirvana into your own self, if you may say like that. Because I can tell you, you are already that. For some people, they say, I don't need to cross, but I'm already in. As Rumi's poem say, you know, the knocking on the door, knocking, tuck, 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 let me in, tuck, tuck, tuck. Then the door opens. I've been knocking from inside, they say. It's a beautiful metaphor, a beautiful uh, uh, a teaching and a revelation. We're knocking on the door whilst we're inside, but we are not aware that we are inside. We're not aware that we are inside. Some delusion has come upon us, and we think we are outside of what truth is. You see. So by knocking earnestly, the door opens. Why the door open? You see, who opened it? Grace opens the door. Because with the door being opened, you come to realize where you actually are. This door is a door of discovery. When you discover, you say, but ah, but ah, but. I, I, I am already here. You see. It was necessary to knock. It was necessary to see the door open, to actually see your true position. You see. Some can hear these things. They can hear it. It's enough for them. Others will need more and more. At the beginning of uh, the famous book, the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna expounded the sublime and the, the, the quintessential truth to Arjuna, but he did not grasp it. So he had to expound more and more and more. Then the world said, Thank you for Bhagavad Gita, because Arjuna didn't understand. If it was understood, in three sentences would have been finished. But he went on and on and on. And I believe even at the end of the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna did not fully understand. Why? Maybe too much trying to understand at a word level, maybe not sufficiently. Yet he had faith, but that faith still was shared somehow with maybe the mind. Why did not drop in completely? You see, uh, to the extent that we nurture mind and personhood, that very mind will raise up as reluctance, resistance. It is. Uh, the carnal mind is directly in resistance to the fullness of truth. But you are in an advantage. You came here, meaning that grace brought you here. Your own beingness came here to discover its its own root, its own source. You see. How difficult can it be? It's made clear enough, but some lingering thing in the mind you're thinking, no. I have got to still attend to the mind first before I get to this. That itself is mind. You see? The thought, yeah, I still have something. I said yesterday, I believe I shared it, no? That um, you know, putting so much energy on solving your you know, personal dilemmas and so on, you know, even a spiritual minded person is doing this. 
That and awakening to the truth of yourself are two separate matters. Don't think I must first do all these things and clean up everything, and then I'll have space for, for this. Because even while you are getting ready for this, you know, it is really watchable from this, that this illusory, this ghost is doing all these things to discover its true nature. If you had uh, what it takes to see, and you do. So that's a mystery unto itself, that uh, somehow something persists. More and more people are testifying, yes, this I see it's not true, but the delusion and, uh, and in its effect is still persistent, it's still coming, coming. Yeah. So, but you, you are the one who sees. You did not come. You are here. You see it's coming. But when it comes, we are giving too much importance to that. Why you give too much importance? Say, well, maybe through conditioning. We are trained to identify with the person for whom this, this play is going. The person is, is the so-called victim of these, of these effects of consciousness. But is not the person perceivable also? Is it not the first illusion? Hmm? So then you have to admit, but yes, it is, it's the person is seen. Then that which perceives the person is it also a person? You know, don't answer from here. You know, answer from your from your looking. See, and some it's freed. It's like something rips away, peels away this cataract. You know, of false ideas, and immediately you see. You see. What do you see? Is it an object that you see in this instant? No, it's not an object. Is it the subject that you see? It's not the subject. Beyond the object and subject, a delusion is removed, and it confirms that you are here. You are this one. You are the eternal one. This is winning everlasting life also. This is waking up, uh, being rescued from this sea of samsara. That's what it is. That's what it is. When you come to recognize the, the fullness of your own true silence and effortless being, you know, which has no, it has no date of birth, no date of death, nothing like this is on it. He is untouchable, unsplittable, incorruptible, imperishable, indivisible, unborn. You see, no one else has to tell you. you see. Maybe the sage has to remind you, look, you know, oh, and you're looking. Are you looking out? Not with uh, these physical eyes. You're perceiving in the, in the very heart of consciousness. It is so, it is so, it is so. It is so. Then, if you cry, the tears of gratitude that God has opened your real eyes. Thank you. I am not holding back from you except in response to your blocking what I am saying in you. The truth is all pervading, it is there. It is not even pervading as an act, it is already present. You know, 
search yourself to see what, uh, what you're paying attention to, giving so much energy to the ephemeral things, and, uh, and look, listen to what I'm sharing. Find, find a place where, where they sing inside your being, and be one with that. Look and see. I'm not telling you travel another this this, this long journey. You know, uh, do all these spiritual gymnastics or something. Look all. You know, you have at least another ten years. I'm not putting anything like you. I'm not putting time in front of you, because if truth is true, you must be here now also. You cannot simply be an award at the end of some long struggle only. You see, but those who are fit and God knows. If you are carrying some resentment, if you are carrying judgments, if you are holding on to something that you want in this world, that you I want, I want, I want, I want, then you will delay your seeing, and it is fine. There is no no one needs to curse you for that. You nor blame you. If that urge is in you, maybe you have to spend that urge. Maybe you have to spend that time to pursue your projections. But life is not here simply to fulfil your personal projections. And yet, in everything, God is kind. God is not so unkind as to fulfil all your dreams. Sometimes this kindness is to crush them, so that you may wake up, wake up, and trust this. This grace will not end when you leave this place. It will be with you and your trains and your planes and your cars and your houses, and it will stay with you. Don't push it away. Your prayers simply be, rid me of ego, and merge me in you forever. Sangeeta will sing something for me today. Yes, I wanted to hear this song from you. And,
We will rise up. 
yesterday I gave you exercise to do and I want you to tell me what happened, come yeah. just observing whatever is happening mm -hmm. and uh, actually after satsang in the evening people told me that you give me some activity to do I I so but I was sitting here when I entered this morning I was sitting here I was waiting in the queue to come inside mm -hmm. and I was feeling that you know I want to do I want to go sit in satsang then I'm sitting in satsang but I feel that there is no waiting so, I don't know, I feel some, something is Well, happening. first of all, first thing is that uh, uh, I did not instruct that you should observe things. Hmm? Did not instruct you observe things. Things are unending. In the realm of things, there are unending things to observe, you can observe watching. Sometimes I like watching also the world going by, they say. Hmm? But sometimes it may appear I'm watching, but uh, my eyes have turned the other way. So I specifically asked, you know, don't pay so much attention to what's going on, because this is just uh, very quickly, mind comes in and you start to look, oh, this thing is not. And you are involved, you know. Involved, you see. Mm. This weakness, I have not uh, asked. You see, that you are telling the story of what is happening in front of you. No, I say, at the place of that natural intuition, that natural knowingness, the sense I am. Before even the words, not the words, only I am. But what they indicate, that sense of being that is present and is not in relation with anything yet. Sometimes you come in the morning, maybe you wake up and or you have to go to the bathroom or you may wake up, and it has not kicked in, it has not yet picked up anything at all. Yet the senses are present also. But they have not they're not belonging to anybody. They are just functioning, and there is awareness. It has not picked up any role yet. Then I ask you, do this, be this. Find that place, that place, uh, the sense of knowing, uh, the sense of being. It is here. You know. Sometimes it's easy to misunderstand this and think, you know, you must go and find some special kind of. I am special. Like, was he asked to find this? I am. No, no, no. Just without the words. Just you're there. It's you're here. How long it will take? It takes no time, because he's there before time, isn't it? He's there before time. Time is secondary. Everything else secondary. Everything is else. 
it is where the sense of other arises. But you have not reached other. You are only in that primary state, that intuition, just a sense of being. Then what is this, the instruction? No? Just uh, abide there, be one with it. No? So the vibration is there. You don't have to say, I am the I am. No, don't go to this thing. No, There is no I to be the I am. Uh, just this natural state. Mind is hungry. He wants some more instruction. Ah, uh, you know, you know. I am. I am really good at this. Ah, that's good. That's better. Oh, I've got it. It's good. No, just uh, that sense of being. It is primal. Primal state. He's not connecting. I said, don't. You may see through the senses or perceive through the senses, but don't log into anything that is coming there. Hold to the I am, be one with the I am. Yeah. Don't imagine I am. If you imagine that's the second thing. No, I am imagining I am. The I am does not have to imagine I am. You are there already. There is no time involved. They are one. You are here. Eyes are seeing, you know, uh, the nose, through the nose, smelt is. Smelling is, uh, is uh, happening, and through the body, feeling can happen. But nothing here. The mind is not here shopping through the senses for sense pleasure. You know, whatever is happening, let that happen. But your focus is only on the sense of being. Any effort to be is also, see, that's an effort to be what I am. I am. Just be in this. And at first, of course, the mind might come and try to play games with you about how to be I am. But as you ignore these, you find that naturally, naturally, some, some deep sensitivity is present in you. It's not going outward, it's not going anywhere, it's just somehow here now. And this becomes your natural. Uh, Kind of an inner environment or climate. It's just there. They are together one. A thought may come and say, but you know, that's fine as a practice, but it's not practical as life. But that's only an idea. The I am is not practical or impractical. It is there before before your breath even. It perceives the breath. It is earlier than your sight. You may call it the sense, the intuitive sense of presence. The way, the unlearned or untaught way that you are aware of yourself. Very few beings have given that any, what you may call, bring your attention to here. Or I may say, just be one with that. Hmm? Then you begin to sometimes notice the restlessness of the mind. He's coming, and says, "Yeah, but you know, I, let's go do something." You know, like you know, it's very easy, very easy. He's tickling the senses to show you something. Look, 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 look. So somehow energy can go into the shape of the senses. But you are aware of that. This awareness and your I amness, they are one. They are one. It's just there. But we say, but it's useless. It's pointless. You're not doing anything at all. We're up. Look, it's eleven o'clock. 
but you must not touch him. It may feel impossible. How can I resist the alluring call and pull the curling fingers of the mind? How am I possible? You already uh, uh, don't go into that. You are here. You are not going anywhere. You are just in this. This is paying attention. You may call it eye-watching. Who is watching I? I itself is watching I. But it is a non-phenomenal observation, meaning not one thing watching another. So if you feel in the beginning it's too difficult, don't give up because of those words. If you follow this, you see, everything that feels like it clings to you will fall away because they cannot bear the singularity of your own. This is true self consciousness. Self consciousness has become something to do with ego and people look at you, they put a camera to you, start to behave. That is not self consciousness. That is very unconscious. But self consciousness really means to be rest in your to beness, your I amness. It is not a verb. It simply is. Acknowledging the isness you are, be with this. And then so much like a kind of divine power of call it like that is with you. It's with you. And it is so much bliss and joy there that nothing, everything loses their appeal. Nothing can attract you to go into shape because you are in the bliss and you are in the heart of your own shapelessness. You be with that, be with that. Yes, fall in love with it. You see? Later, yeah, as you move in the field of the senses, they will not trouble you. You'll find all things, as a sensitivity is so present with you that even in your interactions with being, there's no sense I leave myself to do this. It would seem ridiculous, you see. Because uh, the vibration field around you is, is somehow like you're in this. You, in I'm not going to even say that. There's not two because say you in it seems like you become the object inside something. It is not like that. You have no limit, no measurement of what this I is. But. It is very much located in the field of this body, and that is fine. Be there. Its, its vibrations are, are moving more broadly, but no loss to you, you are here. And don't speak about it. Don't speak about it. Stay in that, move in that. When people come and they say, Darling, I mean, whoa, 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 it's this, I feel so something with you. Don't take that. Don't hold it. Don't feel proud about that. You know? Just abide in that. It may give you some encouragement. It may make you feel, whoa, this, it must be tangible to others also. But don't go too much into that. Stay in it and strengthen your field just like that. It's natural. It's there anyway. It's just that it feels unactivated because mostly we, we give our attention away so quickly to the, to the mind, the pull. We go with this, 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 this. In fact, most of our life, what we call our life, is a distraction. It is a distraction from this. 
First this, first honor this, and everything will be seen to be arising in this, coming in this. You become like the sky of consciousness, the infinite sky of consciousness. When things are moving, clouds are moving. You know, the clouds never run out of space to move, they can keep moving. But as they are moving, they are also dissolving. The sky is not crying, it's not, it doesn't have any favorite clouds. Hey, you, wait. No, everything is coming, you see, in the majesty of that unchangingness. It is just like this. So I only ask you, make this start, stay here. Don't be observing things. You've been doing this all your life. This thing and that thing, and beautiful things and spiritual things, with things and things and things and things. Not realizing, not coming to the place of no thing. So just abide first in this, in this feeling of I am. I shared with you before that it is like a pearl diver. I must dive deep to find the most precious pearls. But if he swims, if he swims now, he takes up all the exhaust, all his oxygen. It's too tired to stay there. So now he takes a stone heavier than his body, and jumps overboard with it. He ties a rope to it, and he goes down with it. So, in a sense, this stone is like your I am, but it's not separate, it's not tied to anything. And you go, so hold on to, the, to this I amness. And don't matter where it's going, or whether it's still or not, just be there. Don't close your eyes and stuck your ears, and you don't have to be isolated in some space suit. You're just here. And pay attention to it. Somebody passes, hello, how are you? Just fine. Stay put. Gradually. It's not you are visualizing this I am. This I am is coming in lights. No. You're watching always from your I am. Just this simple thing. Is it too simple? Stay here. Today I'm asking. I asked you yesterday. I'm telling you. I'm telling you now today to do. All of you, as you move about in your in your way, it's okay. Move what you have to do, but stay. If you stay there for a few minutes, you're gonna feel the magnetism of your own self. Don't let the world of phenomena be your magnet, always pulling your attention here and there. The mind is happy to go out, leaking out towards the ephemeral, you see. But uh, be just conscious. Don't visualize, don't imagine, don't have a piece of paper with I am written on it. No. You even feel the sense I am that is also observed. Just say. And at first it may feel like oh, it's moving about, some other thoughts are coming, and you know, and suddenly you start to think of some email you have to send and all that. This is the usual. It's only showing you the restlessness of the attention. And we are living in this kind of this static, this buzz is there so often. But you be aware of this, but don't enter it, don't log into that. Just be aware for a moment. But stay with the I am stay. And a greater force will stay in your I am. And these things, they go, they disappear. This simple instruction, can you follow? I think my ears are not working so well. Yes. Ah, good. You today follow? Yeah. 
I've been following you ever since I've heard you and… Uh, Today follow yeah. <laughs> this um, thing and everybody also? Just take a bit of time, watch that, even if you have to sometimes sit away by yourself and just follow what I share with you. I think it was a bit on the paper as well. I didn't look at it again. I'm just telling you freshly how just to be with just that, uh, that uh, feeling or the sense I am, just find it, it's there. If somebody's saying, I'm searching, I can't find it. Uh, <laughs> anyhow. So, <laughs> just be with this, just bring your attention here, be with this. Don't give up because it feels like the mind comes strong. It is another thing you'll notice, the mind may come very strong, as though, you know, no, we're not going to let you do that, you're not going to find him, you see? Because if you find him, I won't be able to molest you like freely. I won't be able to have your attention when I want. So let him rattle around a little bit and you stay, 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 and gradually you feel it op something opens inside you. You see, something opens inside you. You may find you like this something happening like <gasps> this is just stuff leaving. But don't be looking for that. Just be present, just stay here like this. And then if I have a chance, I might hear from you, or I may see it in you. Thank you. Very good. Love you so full 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 fullness. Full emptiness. Full emptiness. This is the kind of nonsense we speak here. Nobody else will understand except you. <laughs> full of emptiness. Okay.